right. Well, good afternoon. I want to welcome you to Toronto City Church to our 11.30 a.m. service. We had a great time at 9 o'clock, and we are having a great time here and now. If we haven't met before, my name is Pastor Brendan Witten. I'm the lead pastor here at Toronto City Church, and I just want to say thank you. It is great that you're here. And uh, can we thank God for our worship team and just the amazing job that they did bringing the word and ministering. They all get here bright and early. A lot of you are still in your bed in deep intercession while they're here praying and getting ready. They're, they're, you're doing the, the pillow intercession. They're here actually praying and getting ready. And we're thankful for all the time and effort they put in. Uh, we want to give a special welcome to a first-time guest with us. If you're here for the first time today, welcome. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're so glad you're here. You obviously could be so many places. You've chosen to be here. We're thankful for that. What we would love to do is we'd love to be able to say thank you in a more personal way and just meet you and greet you a little more. And so after service, if you go out these doors, there is a connect table. If you go to the connect table, we have a gift that we want to give you. It's just a way for saying thank you for joining in. As well, if you're newer here and you just would like to get more connected, you can go to the connect table as well. We've got lots going on here at Toronto State Church, and we'd love to talk to you more about how you can plug in and how you can get involved. You know, you start often by coming to a service, but sometimes, you know, the question is, okay, how do I get more involved? How do I plug in more? So we'd love to have that conversation. If you know us again, our team's been hard at work coming in, so we're somewhat under construction with the, uh, the new paint, and, and you're going to see some continued changes over the, over the next week and a bit with that, and we're, we're excited about that's happening. So please go and check out the Connect Tip. We also want to take a moment just to acknowledge our weekly tithes and offerings. Obviously, nowadays, people give throughout the week. Most of the giving is online, but we still like to take a moment to pray and agree together and just to really... Uh, you know, come together as a church family and believe God and trust God even as people are sowing and people are giving. As always, I want to say a huge thank you to every person who is being faithful in your tithes and offerings. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to the Lord in this area. Let's just keep believing God, keep pushing. You're, you're, you're such an important part of what's happening here and you're such an important part of what God is doing with that. And so we want to encourage you in that. We secondly... Uh, I just want to encourage you, if you're not, you haven't really bought in yet to, to kind of the giving thing. Maybe it's hard for you. Maybe it's a struggle. Maybe it's just something you don't know a lot about. I really want to encourage you, take that step of faith. Take that step of faith. Watch what God does. Take that step out and see how he comes through in your life. You know, we, we the ambassador says we love because he first loved us. You know, but I want to encourage you, we give because he's given to us. Right? We, we, we are faithful because he is faithful to us. We sacrifice because he sacrificed for us. There's so many things to remember what he's done for us. And what I find is when I remember what he's done for me, giving to him, giving to others, it, it just becomes so much simpler. It becomes so much easier because I'm remembering what he's done and what he's given to me. Amen? So let's pray and let's just go before the Lord on this. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the opportunity we have to give. Thank you for the opportunity we have to sow. Father, I thank you for every person in this place who's faithful. I thank you for provision. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you that you meet every need in their life according to your riches and glory. And Lord, I pray for those who maybe wrestle or struggle with this, this part of discipleship, Lord. And I pray that there'll just be a fresh faith that rises in their heart. They'll step out, they'll give, they'll sow, and they will watch what you will do in their lives. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. If you want to turn your attention to the screen for our weekly announcements.
right, and I just wanted to highlight a couple things before we jump into the message today. Pastor Jair is going to be bringing the words, so get ready. It's going to be a great message. Uh, but before I get him up here and let him loose, a couple things. First off, our youth just got back from an amazing week at youth camp and just had a powerful time. Thank you, everybody who sowed, who prayed. It was just a powerful, powerful week, and we're so thankful for what God did. Secondly, it wasn't in the announcement reel because it was a little bit of a last-minute change, but Joy Ministry next Sunday is going to be doing uh, an event and just kind of a get-together, a lunch at Edward Gardens. So if Joy Ministry, if you want more information, you can contact Noreen or Crystal, those who are connected to Joy Ministry, but that is going to be next Sunday. And then I wanted to make sure, we've been saying this the last couple weeks, but I really want to put an emphasis on the meetings that we're having with Emma Starks. Emma Starks is a very, very powerful prophet. She's based out of Glasgow in Scotland. We are really honored. God is just doing so much through her ministry right now, and we are super honored to be able to host her here at Toronto City Church. And so number one, everybody say Friday the 19th. Friday night, the 19th, we are doing a rally that we have just been inviting as many churches and as many people from across the city and beyond to as possible. We have rented Evangel Temple because we were not going to be able to fit everybody here. So Evangel Temple is on Young Street near the 401, but I want to encourage you. This is a TCC night. Come out, be there, get connected, get the date. You do not want to miss this. And so I want to encourage you, let's be praying for that night. We're believing God for it. And it's an opportunity for us to get together in worship and hear the word, but also for us to be joining with the body of Christ in a larger scale and to be great hosts in that way. And so that's number one. Number two, she is going to be here on Sunday. And so on Sunday the 21st, she's going to be in both the services. You know, sometimes in the summer, you kind of got that Sunday where maybe you're away or that Sunday where you got that family event. You want to be here on that Sunday. Amen? You want to make sure you're there for the Sunday. It's going to be powerful. And number three, if you can please be in prayer, because on Friday during the day and Saturday in the morning into the early afternoon, we're doing a leadership advance. And so this is a leadership-focused event with her where we really felt from Lord, I know Pastor Sharon felt, to set aside time for her to really speak into leaders even in our nation. And so God's been moving in that way. We've got people that are flying from different parts of the country who are coming in. People are coming from around the city. It's going to be a really powerful time. And so this is an amazing opportunity for us as a church to be kingdom, you know, to host and to bless other churches and other ministries as well, too, in addition to our core, you know, leadership group. And so I want to encourage you to please be in prayer about this. Amen? So let's be in prayer. Let's get ready. Friday night rally, Sunday morning services, and then we've got the leadership advance that we can cover and we can even prepare. And last but not least, I will say this, and I want to get Pastor Jared up here and let him go. Next Sunday as well, we're doing a new series this month. It's called our Summer Mixtape Series. So we're just going to be hearing from different voices every single week. So next week, I am super excited because I'm going to be interviewing Brian and Bryn, who are sitting right over here. And uh, it's going to be powerful. What I want, there's an incredible story. Your mind is going to be blown by the story that they share with you last next week of what God has done in life. And it would be an amazing week to invite somebody who either doesn't know Jesus, someone who's been through a lot of stuff in their life. It's an amazing opportunity to invite somebody out just to hear about the gospel in action. So I really just want to mention that. Lots of good stuff going on. But you're not here to hear me talk about what's upcoming in the announcements all day. We're here to hear the word. How many people want to hear the word of God? Amen? And so I want to encourage you. Pastor Jair Guerrero is part of our pastoral team. He is a man of faithfulness. He's got an amazing servant heart. And he's got love for the Lord God. Why don't we stand and just give an amazing welcome as he comes to preach the word of God today.
Good afternoon, church. Check, 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 check. Can you guys hear me? Check. Can you hear me? Check. Can you hear me? Is it better? Good morning in the afternoon, church. Okay, I'm going to do something that I did on the first service because it seems that the spark is not there yet. So how many of you guys know that the church was called to live a life of community? Only three or four people. That's okay. Please, everyone stand. This is community. Look around you. Look to your left, to your right, behind you. And, and I think that we all have said at some point, enough is enough with this nonsense of COVID-19. Yes? How many of you guys would be in agreement? So there is something that we haven't done in a while. So while the spark is igniting, I'm just going to invite you, as comfortable as you feel, to give a high five, a handshake, or a hug to the person that is around you. And let's welcome you and let them know that today is the best day to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't that great? Hello. To those who are online also, big high fives from here to you. Hey. How's everybody doing this afternoon already? Good? Okay. So, how many of you guys know that we've been talking about the word of the year in this season? Yes? No? What's the word of the year? Deeper. Deeper. Exactly. Everybody say Deeper. Deeper, deeper, and we have talked about going deeper in our relationship with God, in our relationship with each other, going deeper in healing, going deeper in love, going deeper in the impact that we are called to cause in the lives of those who are around us. And also we have talked about going deeper in faithfulness. Now last week, uh, as part of the series in faithfulness, Pastor Paul brought a word that I think that it's time, timely for, for this season. And it is about the, what, what's at the core of the biblical message. And it is about the what? The harvest. Everybody say harvest. 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 And if there are two scriptures that at least in my life have been core to understand the harvest, I want us to read first of all Genesis chapter 2 verses 2, Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3. And it says, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you, everybody say, bless me. And make your name, make my name, great. So that I will be a blessing. Next verse says, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, says me, as part of the covenant, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. There is a part that the Bible talks about us being active participants of what God is doing here on earth. How many of you guys believe that? Five. By the end of the message, everybody guarantee you will believe that. Another scripture, and this is a confirmation of what I just said, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. These are the words of the Lord Jesus to his disciples. And he says, he came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples 
of all nations. Everybody says, make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say make disciples in all nations. And when he talks here about nations, the Greek word doesn't talk about countries as we know them. The Greek word talks more about ethnicities. Every single race, every single person that lives over the face of the earth has been called to be part of the harvest. And that includes you and me as active participants, as I just said. And he keeps saying, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. But for each one of us, as we become part of this journey that we call life, how many of you guys know that life happens in the midst of everything? I don't know about you, but for me, every single day, life happens. Every single day is a new day that presents us with different challenges, with different circumstances, with different people. And we all have the call to be part of what's happening. How many movies people here? People that like movies? How many of you guys have heard of the Dead Poets Society? If you haven't watched the movie, I will invite you to watch it, but be careful. But let me talk to you a little bit about this movie. It's a movie that is from the late 80s, but the setting is on the late 50s. And this is a movie about a group of students at the Welton Academy for Boys, where at some point, as part of their curriculum, they are introduced to the English class. Though you guys are all English speakers, how many of you guys had to do English? And one of the, fa the, the, the favorite things to talk in the English class was poetry. How many of you guys like poetry? This is, this is the answer that I was expecting for this. Because even I, when I was doing Spanish, and we had to go through poetry, is one of the most boring things that you can go, particularly as a man. And all the men say, amen. Because it's true. Nevertheless, when they get introduced to the teacher, the teacher comes with a new idea about seeing poetry from a different point of view. And while they are in one of the scenes reciting a poem, this is what he says about a concept that is presented in this poem that is called carpe diem. Everybody says carpe diem. What does carpe diem mean? Seize the day. How many of you guys have been called to seize the day? Only four people. That's okay. Each one of us has been called to seize the day. Live every single day as if it was your last. Because you don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. And I'm going to quote what the teacher said to his students. We are food for worms, lads. Believe it or not, each one of us in this room one day is going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. And then he points them to a huge showcase that is filled with pictures of former students that at that point they have all passed away. 
And he says, all these people have gone through this cult. All of them had dreams, things to accomplish. So as you guys leave, my invitation is for you guys to seize the day. Even when you will go against the status quo. Even when you will have to break some of the rules and norms of life so you can accomplish everything that you have been called to accomplish in this world. And to me, this sounds similar to the narrative of Genesis 3. When God had created Adam and Eve, he gave them huge responsibilities, lots of authority, and Satan steps into scene and he talks to them about carpe diem. Seize the day, accomplish your best because you have been created for greater things. And this is the message that we live nowadays. It couldn't be more clear. So when Jesus was addressing the people of Israel during the Sermon of the Mount, he, he, he pointed them to something that I believe people in his time were struggling with, but that also we are struggling with, as this theme of seizing the day. And it is anxiety. How many of you guys have at some point suffered anxiety? Wow, I'm impressed. This is the kind of church that is, I want to be part of. Only five people have suffered anxiety. We wake up in the morning and we think, okay, what am I going to do for breakfast? What am I going to do to pay my bills? The gas is extremely expensive. And though you may not feel it that way, let me tell you, you're being anxious because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to be alive. And all these things cause stress in our lives. The interesting thing in this scripture is that Jesus points the people of Israel to do one thing. On verse 33, he said, seek the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. And everything else will be added unto you. How many of you guys believe in that promise? However, and this is what I want to talk to you guys about today. There is something that will hinder this. And it will hinder every single promise that God has given us in our lives. And this is sin. Everybody say sin. How many of you guys struggle with sin in your lives? I want to see hands. For those who didn't raise their hand, what the Bible says is that those who have not seen, those are the first ones that are lying to themselves. <laughs> and I'm going to explain to you a couple of things later on that that's why we assume that we are not struggling with sin. Because sin seems to be such a huge word, events, choices that we make that they are definitely going to affect not only my life, but the life of others, and probably my salvation. But that's where the enemy has been really sneaking on us. He is a good strategist. So today, I want to talk to you about clogged pipes. Everybody say clogged pipes. Let's bow our heads for a minute. Father, 
We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us, Father, to be here in your presence. We have welcomed your Holy Spirit, not only to this place, but to our lives. And as your word is being spoken, Father, I pray that you will bring to us understanding and revelation of the things that you want to accomplish in our lives. So we will live a life according to your will, a life worthy of being called your children. So I thank you, Father, for you are the preacher in this place. And in this we all say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. This is what it reads. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Next verse says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or her heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. It doesn't say streams. It doesn't say little puddles. Rivers of living water. Now the question is, what living water is he talking about? And the answer is on the next verse. It reads, Below this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit have not been given, because Jesus has not yet been glorified. The Holy Spirit has been deposited in our lives from the moment that we have accepted Jesus' salvation and his lordship. But as we live life and as we struggle with sin, sin is going to pollute the free flow of the Spirit in our lives. It is like an analogy that I can place, a person that has suffered from obstruction in its arteries or veins. Pollutants come into the bloodstream and slowly but surely they accumulate in the walls of veins and arteries. That begins to solidify to the point the person is about, if he's not having what? A heart attack. Why? Because there is no proper flow of blood. And in the same way, when we allow sin in our lives, it becomes to solidify in our spirit to the point that I'm going to be talking about to you guys later about this. It becomes to form a callus. That what it's going to start is to take away the sensitivity that we have to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So when we are in sin, many times we won't be able to hear his voice. Maybe we won't be able even to hear his correction. And this is dangerous for us because we live in a time in a season where I believe that people even within the church has been so used to sin that it's hard to hear God's voice. 
And if we are not connected to the source that cleaned that stream, which is Jesus, the presence of God, then we're living in dangerous times for our lives. God has called us, as we said before, to be part of those who are participant workers in the harvest. We have been called to be fruitful, to multiply. Disciples make disciples. That is a job for each one of us. But if sin is present in our lives, we will see how sin will hinder any purpose that God wants to do or to have in our lives. That's what is going to happen. Therefore, we need to start dealing with the issue of sin. Now, at some point, this is part of the journey that I was living in my personal life. I was part of a different tradition uh, that has us practice confession. How many of you guys have heard of the spiritual discipline of confession? Something that we don't speak enough nowadays, but that it is at the core of us dealing with sin. When John the Baptist came to open the way for Jesus, the message that he brought said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say, be remorseful of your sin because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, repent. And most of the time when we don't have that clear sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit, all we feel is bad because of the things that we have done. And we keep repeating over and over and over and things don't change because we are just feeling bad. That sensitivity, that, that, that sensitiveness to the Holy Spirit is almost gone. Nevertheless, we follow the process of dealing with sin and then we confess. And confession at some point had such a bad rap that we stopped doing it and we know that the only one that we have to confess our sins is whom? God. Now, I'm going to have a question for you, and you don't need to answer, but how is that working for you? Why is it that we keep confessing and we keep going over and over and over over the same thing? Something is wrong on that. And it's not that God won't forgive you, because every time that we come before his presence and we confess our sins, he says, the Bible says that he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's his promise. But we keep going in our journey of life, stepping over and over and over, doing the same again and again and again. And our lives are not being transformed. So confession to God is not enough. The message of John the Baptist went along with, you need to confess your sins to one another. Why is this such a wild idea? And it is because when we confess our sins to one another, we're going to be accountable to the people that we confess to. We're going to have people that is going to help us to deal with sin. We're going to have people that is surrounding us and they want to see the best in us. And this is so important that we get in small groups, in small communities, that's the whole purpose of the small groups at Toronto City Church, that we can grow in what God has for each and every one of you. 
But for that, we need to be accountable to someone, to our pastors, to our leaders, to our brothers and sisters. Because if our pipes are clogged, the flow of God won't be the same at Toronto City Church. And each one of you that call Toronto City Church your house church, it's part of this process. So we need to deal with sin. And the enemy has been so sneaky that he has brought those ideas to us. Oh, as long as you confess to God, then you will be okay. As long as you feel bad, then you will be okay. That's because you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. No, it's not true. So how are we going to deal with sin? How is it that we are going to move forward on this? In Ephesians chapter 4, starts from verse 17. This is what the writer says. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do and the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Why is it that our hearts are going to be hardened towards God? Sin. Over and over. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be small. Sin is sin. They have become callous, as I have said. And have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learn Christ. And as leaders, we take the same position, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God into righteousness and holiness. So in the same way that we have a part to play in the harvest, we have a, ha a part to play in our journey to holiness. Most of the time, whatever is it that we are dealing with, we expect for God to come and with his magic wand, touch us and sin will be gone. And it would be amazing if that happened. And I'm not saying that that does not happen. Because God can transform our lives all of a sudden. In the blink of an eye. But for most of us, that's not the journey that has been prepared for us. And it is our responsibility to deal with this. He says, put off. Everybody say, put off. Yeah. Whose responsibility is that? Whose responsibility is to put on the newness? It's mine. It's not your spouse, it's not your son, your father, your mother, your leader, your pastor. It is your responsibility. So we have a part to play. Now, in the first letter of John chapter six, we read this. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death. But there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin. But there is sin that does not lead 
to death. And this is another trap of the enemy. Because as long as I'm not causing harm or hurt another human being, then probably what I'm doing is not as bad. And yes, the scripture here is talking that there are difference, different levels of sin. But if we go later on to Hebrews chapter 10, this is what it reads. For if we go on sinning, everybody say deliberately, 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 there you go. After receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. When we sin deliberately, the scripture says that it is as if we were trampling Jesus' blood, Jesus' sacrifice. Like if we could care less about what he had done for us to live in the freedom from sin. That's what the scripture is saying. Every single sin deliberately Hello. Yes. Yeah, I won't be able to make it to work today. I think I got the COVID. <laughs> I'm sorry. That doesn't harm anyone. Now, I wonder if you did that deliberately or not because it was the long weekend. <laughs> I have the cough. I won't be able to make it to church today because I may have the COVID. <laughs> Just leaving something for you to think about there. There are things that sometimes we, we, we're not aware of. Attendance, regular attendance, regular reading of the Bible. Those are things that, believe it or not, those are sins that we are committing against the kingdom and against God and against everybody else. When Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said, you need to repeat this. Give us this day. Our daily bread, that's not the food that you eat. That's your time of communion with God. And every single time that we commune with the word of God, our lives should be transformed. And if your life is not being transformed, I wonder if we are living in shallow waters because of our sin. And then we wonder, but why is it that God doesn't move in my life? But why is it that I struggle with this? But I, what is it that I struggle with that? And struggles will come. But if the flow of rivers of living water are present in your life, another will be the story of what you're struggling with. Colossians chapter 3. This is what Paul writes to the church. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. For you have died. Everybody said, I have died. 
And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If you are dead, you are dead to sin. How many of you guys say amen? If you are dead, you are dead to sin as well. You have no life. How many of you guys have a life? Yeah, we have a life that has been given. How many of you guys know that that life is not yours? It has been given. And it has been given so we can be good stewards. It has been given so we can declare the wonders of the one that created us. So we can share of his plan and the love that he has for each one of us. That's the purpose. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And in these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. And this is a list of those things that sometimes we don't take into account as, yeah, I don't struggle with sin. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Church, we live in a time where we need to start thinking about that change. People have been wondering all, all over COVID-19, and, and, and we had these conversations almost every day at the beginning of the pandemic. Pastor, Pastor Yair, is this the end of times? Is the coming of the Lord? Probably for you and I it is. Because we don't know when he's coming. But for us, once we die, that will be the last chance that we get to see this. We don't know the time. We don't know if we're waking up tomorrow. So seize the day the way that God has called you to seize it. Leave it as if it was your last in holiness. In living deeper in your relationship with God. In your relationship with each other. In the practice of the things that God has given you to change. That's what this life is about. Seek first his kingdom, remember, and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. So many of you guys will be wondering, so how do we do this, Pastor Jair? If confession is not enough, if repentance sometimes is not enough, because, so what do we do? I want you to go with me to the second letter of Apostle Peter. If we have a responsibility to put off our sin and to put on holiness, there is a journey. And there are some things that we can do. This is what the Apostle Peter writes to the church. Studied on verse 3, he says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and every great promises, 
so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, everybody say increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk for a moment about this scripture and for this, with this scripture we're going to close. He says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. As I said, from the moment that we have surrendered our lives to God, the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He is the one that carries that power, the rush of the rivers of living water. That's his job. His job is to bring conviction to our lives and to change us. But if we keep living in sin and disregard his voice, disregard his correction, things won't change. And then we wonder. The power is yours. Everything that is pertaining to life and to godliness. Godliness speaks about us honoring God for who he is. With everything that we have, with everything that we are, with everything that we do. The idea is to bring glory to his name. He says, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. If we don't go deeper in our relationship with God through Jesus, if that's not the initial step, then, once again, we will continue to fail again and again and again. It is those times, daily times of intimacy with God that have the power to change us, that have the power for us to be effective in what we're doing. We don't need the energizer batteries and go all over the life like chickens with a head cut off. But we need to connect to the source. When was the last time that you really plugged in to the source? When was the last time that you really had an encounter with Jesus? When was the last time that you were convicted of your sin? How is it that that power is working in you to be changed? He has granted us his precious and very great promises so that through them we become partakers once again. That's the whole purpose of our lives, to be partakers with what he's doing here on earth. And partakers of his divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Once again, he has invited us to eradicate sin from our lives. And he says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. How is it that we are growing in our faith? Romans 12, faith comes by 
Hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. When? On Sundays? When Pastor Brendan, Pastor Jairo, whoever is here sitting or standing or running around, preaching? When we go to connection, if we go to connection, when we turn radio, because sometimes we turn radio and there's a good message and it kind of satisfies the itching of our ears. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, those daily encounters. But according to scriptures and what Peter is saying, we need to complement this with what? With virtue. And many times we don't mention enough about this word virtue. And this is forming in our lives godly character. Good things that will show or reflect the fruit of what's happening inside. The Bible talks about seven virtues. Humility, charity, chastity, gratitude, temperance, patience, and diligence. And among these, many other. This is part of what God is supposed to be doing in our lives. Particularly with patience. We live in a world where all we want to do is just sweep the car and get our money. Go to the place of prayer and get the results that we want. How many of you guys know that it's not that easy? In life, we don't have the staples button. Bing! It's just that easy. No, that doesn't exist in life. God wants to work in our lives. And the more callous, it's like going to the pedicure, the manicure. The more callous, the more time. That's how life works. He keeps saying, to virtue, we need to add knowledge. Knowledge of whom? Of God. Is there anybody else that we need to know other than God? Yes, no. Yes, ourselves. If you don't know yourself, you don't know what is it that you are entangled with, what is it that is choking your life, then how are you going to deal with that? That's the whole purpose of the snare for those who are hunters here. I'm a hunter. And that's the whole purpose of the snare. For the animal to be trapped and slowly but surely in desperation begin to choke until the animal is gone. And as I mentioned, the enemy has come. And in the midst of everything that is godly, he has set up snares for us to fall into them. So we will slowly but surely, in desperation, be choked until our lives are gone. We need to learn to know ourselves. He says to knowledge, we need to add self-control, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Every single day we face choices that either we make us fall or we make us stronger. And it is the self-control as fruit of the Holy Spirit that will allow us to make the right decision. To self-control, we need to add steadfastness. And steadfastness talk of different things. Consistency. We need to be consistent in our times with God, in our times with each other, in times of exhortation, in times of worship, in times of change. We need to endure the things that we are facing. We need to have patience, which is something that 
we don't have much in these days. We want things like this. If we get stuck in traffic, if we get on a line at the store, on a line at kids' church, we want things like this. But God is working in our lives, and we need to add patience to His work. He says to steadfast, steadfastness, we need to add godliness once again. How is it that in our lives we are honoring God for who He is and what He's doing in us? We need to be thankful. In these last two, he says, to godliness, we need to add brotherly affection and then love. The first part speaks about the phileo, that word that we translate as love many times. But many times, this is a love that is shallow, particularly when we are not developing the relationships. But he says that to this love, we need to add the most important thing. And this is the component that the Bible says that will help us to break with the chains of sin, to break with any bondage that we have in our lives, to break any unforgiveness, to be thankful. And this is the agape love of God. If we have that love as a result of our relationship with God, as a result of going deeper, then that love will enable us and empower us to love God with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. That is already a win-win against the world with sin. And if we have that love that helps us even more, in the love that we are to have for one another. And that's the other win-win. Church, the invitation for us is we want to f- the, the free flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to get rid of all that nonsense that we have in our lives and that is hinder what God has for you. Each one of you have been given at some point in your lives a promise from God. And many times we have not seen them. And it's just because sin delays process in our lives. The first step is for us to surrender not only to Jesus as a savior, but in his lordship. If Jesus is not your Lord, I'm going to invite you today to make that decision because it's the most important decision that you will ever, ever make in your life. Many times people approach me and he say, Pastor Jai, you have to do this. No, I don't have to do anything in this life. I don't even have to pay taxes. Though, if I don't pay them, I will suffer the consequences. I'm not saying don't pay taxes. Don't take those words out from me and, oh, Pastor Jai, you said that we don't have, no, you have to pay taxes. But I don't have to. In that sense. The only thing that I have to do in this life before anything is accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior because after that, anything can happen and I know that I will be okay. Let's start with that. Let's start with that process of going deeper with Him, 
For as we go deeper, he will work in our lives and he will take us and glorify himself in us. And in the plans that he has for each one of us, as participants of the harvest, as participants of what he's doing in our world. Let's bow our heads. Father, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for the love that you have for us. For it is everlasting. And in your word you teach us, Father, that if we have seen in our lives that we can come before you, that we can repent, that we can ask for forgiveness. And even though our sins might be red, our sins might be dark, you will clean our lives and you will make us righteous before you. So I thank you, Father, for it is through the sacrifice of the cross that you have given us victory over sin. And today I pray, Father, for every person that is listening to your voice today through this message. That you will open our spiritual eyes and that we will begin to see sin the same way that you see it. And through the strength and the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will continue to do the work that you started the moment that we said, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for your great mercy. And I thank you, Father, for the love that you have for all of us. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody in agreement says, Amen. Pastor Brendan. That was not a good word. That's uh... Let's all stand up to our feet just as we bring things to a close. We need to get a little stretch, get a little stretch. Uh, But just with our head bowed and eyes closed, I do want to ask, because Pastor Jared actually referenced it right at the end of his message, and we talk about giving our lives to Jesus. And uh, so just with head bowed, eyes closed, we always want to make sure here at Toronto State Church we give an opportunity for people who don't know Jesus to commit their lives to him. The Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, this is what Romans 6.23 tells us, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to make sure just to give an opportunity before we leave this place, if there's anyone who needs to be right with God, that you would have that opportunity today. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you used to follow him, but you fell away, somewhere along the way you went your own direction, but you know you need to come back to him. I want you just to raise your hand wherever we are right now. Just raise your hand if you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life back to him. Thank you. I see a hand there. Is there anybody else just with a hand raised that just says, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life back to him. Amen. Awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's pray this prayer all together. And if you raise your hand or you know you should have, I want you to pray it from your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died 
Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my heart to you. Fill me. Free me. Transform me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen. Amen. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss. But uh, after first service, I just had a, a prompting. Pastor Jared, Norman, Pastor, you know, they just minister so much. But quite often, they're not out front here as much because they're always ministering to the kids. But I want to give an opportunity just for them to be able to pray for anybody who would like prayer. Also, I'm going to ask a couple of our leaders. So if you raise your hand, you said, you know, you said, I need to give my life to Jesus. Just as we finish here, I want to invite you to come forward. Uh, if you would just like some prayer, they're going to be here to do some prayer ministry as well if you'd like that. But beyond that, if you need to go today, you are more than free to go. Again, please remember Connect Table for anybody who's new or who wants to be connected. The Youth Fundraising Cafe is still running. We had an amazing time last week with our young people. Uh, but just some food and some snacks and some things you can get there. And please remember Emma Stark meetings coming up in two weeks. Uh, save the date, be there. It is going to be powerful. But you know, the team's just going to take a few moments to worship. If you'd like to stay for a little longer, just worship. You can worship if you want prayer. Please come forward for prayer. And especially if you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus or give life back, please come forward. We want to pray with you, but we love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Have a wonderful Sunday.